Hello, bienvenue and welcome to Oblivious Book Review, the podcast where we speak about our recent readings and a lot of other things. Today, your hosts are Sander and Elio. And today we are going to speak about Circles of Hell by Dante. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Sander, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Elio? I'm pretty good. I'm um, quite tired at the moment, but uh, that's not the most uh, funny introduction, so I was going <laughs> to skip that. Um, I'm actually excited to have uh, an episode with you only. Mm -hmm. uh, we think we're going to do it uh, as a regular set episode because most of our last episodes have been um, extra long. Yep. For, uh, but there were a reason for it because we met uh, Damour and he spoke about his book which was very interesting and uh, there was the North Korea theme so it deserved yep. an extra length episode <laughs> exactly yeah because that but was uh, a very uh, dense uh, uh, and la multiple layered episode so it yeah. requires mo more time than usual to discuss about it I think and uh, you talked about more than one book yeah And we, uh, we, I think we can already announce uh, that we might have a follow-up on the theme of North Korea. Mm -hmm. But uh, planning on doing that. Yeah, but I think uh, we will, of you will hear, uh, for the listeners at least, you will hear soon enough our new episode about uh, the North Korea. So keep, uh, keep in tune for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but for not for today, at least today we will have a book uh, that uh, Ilios will be uh, discussing about. Yep. So tell me, which one did you have been reading last uh, time, last period? So yeah, uh, when I showed uh, the book, I've been reading to <laughs> send her through the camera, just uh, the size of it. He made fun of it because it's uh, quite a small book. Yep. But I'm telling you, Sender, it's not the size that matters. You uh -huh. should know that. Really? You told Dutch person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the book I'm going to talk about today is uh, Circles of Hell by uh, Dante. Dante. Ah, okay. So it, it was a, an Italian writer yeah. from the 14th century. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a recent writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not at all. A long, long no, legacy. No. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you might have heard about Dante Inferno because it has been uh, made famous by the follow up book from uh, Da Vinci Code. Yeah. And uh, the movie as well. So I think a lot of people heard about it without even really knowing what Dante's Inferno was. Mm. Mm. And so neither did I know because I think it's interesting before I actually dive into the book to just simply say um, how I this book ended up in my hands. Mm -hmm. Very simple. I was at a friend's place. Uh, I was going to go on a trip a few weeks ago. And I wanted to read something different because when I go to somewhere different, I like to read something that I don't usually read to make the place um, even more specific, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, which trip are you talking about now? Sorry? Which trip? Uh, I went to Norway uh, uh, okay. recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our... Sender was with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those trips... So uh, you should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just wanted to know for sure because I did not see you having that book in your hand do when I was uh, uh, next to you during the time period in Norway. Because I hide it from yeah, you, Sander. I know. <laughs> I know. 
But I, have uh, so, I might have my mysteries as well. We have, I guess, we have some privacy. Huh? <laughs> but I think uh, traveling or trips in general is a very good uh, way of uh, using the the time in between of waiting or because you're mm -hmm. on airports or waiting in the buses or traveling around. And it's really nice to read. And yeah, I know you're a pro with that to uh, <laughs> read in between uh, transportation. Yeah. But the, the trip to uh, Norway wasn't so long. No, no. But no. yeah. Yeah. So why do people know about Dante? Who's Dante? Yeah. Uh, first of all, so like the, the way I got this book into my hands was uh, in a really genuine way. I didn't know anything about that book. I just saw this small book. It looked like um, interesting poetry because it's a book about uh, poetry. It's a big poem. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <coughs> I just thought, like, why not? A small book is going to be easy to read. First mistake. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh -oh. It's not a simple book. It's pretty complex. Is it uh, English or? This is originally written in Italian, yeah, but, but given the fact uh, my Italian stop at uh, una cerveza, prego, por favor, uh, gracias. <laughs> and uh, I made the gracias on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I read it in English, yes. Okay. And so this is actually a part of the Divine Comedy. Which which comedy? Which you must, the Divine Comedy. You never heard about that? No, what is that? Well, it's uh, the the complete setup, the complete books written by Dante, mm -hmm. which is in three parts. Um, which the three parts are the first, the Inferno. Yes. Then the Purgatorio, and then the Paradiso. I'm uh, paradise, hungry yeah. for pizza just reading that. <laughs> okay. And what does those titles mean? I mean, Inferno is like fire, right? Something like that? Awesome. It's hell. Hell? Okay. And the second part is Purgatorio. So the, the Purgatory, where souls in the Christian religion, mm -hmm. uh, the Living Comedy speaks about the travel of a soul to meet God. Mm. It's a, a soul traveling through the three big places that are... Uh, pictured in the Christian religion in the 14th century, which are hell, the purgatorium, mm -hmm. where your soul gets tested to know if it's uh, worth to go to hell or to um, heaven. heaven, and then paradiso, the paradise, paradise. heaven. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so I only read the, the first part, Cycles of Hell, which um, is, as they say on the back of the book, and I think it's a very good um, summary of it, in three lines. A terrifying depiction of sin and eternal damnation from Dante's Inferno. Okay. okay. Eternal damnation. That sounds like that gives you a bit the taste of this book. Oh my god. Which is basically um, the the main character is for, is uh, making a travel through all the in this book all the circles of hell the the nine circles of hell each representing a different sin. Mm -hmm. And is is guided by Virgil, that is presented Ooh. as a human reason. Virgil is kind of um, a guy. Oh, I a name or Virgil is another guy. Okay. So it's two. Basically, the this book is a poem about two guys making a hike in hell, <laughs> <laughs> like a, our version to go to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Norway was much nicer than where they go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was and freaking so... cold, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There are some parts that are quite cool in the book, yeah. <laughs> but believe me, we, we had it easier than they do. I mean, for them, it's not so hard to travel through hell. That's something that's interesting. Mm. 
because I really, I didn't know anything about the book before reading it. And then I made some research afterwards because it's, you cannot comprehend really the, the, the meaning behind the text. You can read some poems, but you understand there is more to it than just what you're reading. Mm. And so you have these two people that are making this, um, this way into hell and they are kind of protected since they are not really dead yet. Mm. So they're just traveling hell in uh, Dante's vision. Mm. This whole Divine Comedy is Dante vision of uh, the Christian religion. And it's important to remember that it's Italian, a place where Christianity is very strong. Mm -hmm. The Pope is living in, in Rome. Yep. In Vatican. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so th these two people, are, uh, while going through hell, they're showing you what hell would be. And it's a way, in my mind, for Dante to um, warn the people and to make some kind of Christian propaganda to say, look what will happen to you if you do this or this sin. Because these two guys, they go and they can see it. And they every time they go to one of the circles, they ask someone there that are usually actually people who actually live. For example, they have a philosopher, poets, a lot of people that uh, lived in Italy or outside mm -hmm. that actually picture there and say, oh no, I regret so much uh, what I've done and I'm here because of that and here's my torment. <laughs> and all the torments are actually, um, there is a special name for it in, uh, in Italian. As you mentioned there are nine one, right? No, or nine different stages or something? Nine circles that are concentric going uh, once in, uh, one inside the other one. So the outer is the first one and then you go to the exactly. inside. Okay. And so what do you think lies in uh, the middle of the nine circles representing the 10th circle? Uh, oof. Um, uh, never dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never dying. Yeah. And well, in every circle, the, the torment that uh, the souls are going through mm -hmm. is always eternal. That's kind of the scary part. Okay. But it's um, the devil, uh, Belzebuth, that lies in the, okay. in the middle. Okay. Because he represents the highest sin of all, because Belzebuth was a, an angel that decided to be God instead of God, mm -hmm. or to have a voice stronger than God and get punished for that and to become quite the opposite of everything he wanted to be. He is um, in the ground with his wings frozen hmm. and he's uh, like a terrible monster and he, he doesn't have any power and he is stuck as well in hell, actually. Hmm. So, in different... so if you um, reach the ninth circle and then you kind of meet the, the devil and what happens then? Then the devil is the way out of hell. Okay. They go through him. I don't want to explain exactly, no, no, no. and it's a bit unclear to me because everything is stated in a poetical way. It's not told the story like Game of Thrones. No, yeah, yeah. It's uh, always allegory, images. Oh, shit. So, and I, I don't have the cultural background to understand everything that uh, has been uh, said in this book. Mm -hmm. I know that. True. So this book requires also more uh, uh, other readings around uh, Christianity, the Bible, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, to understand, understand this yeah. era, yeah, I would yeah. say, and the character of who was Dante. Yeah, and of course, you have read uh, the Bible, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so that's um, this book that I read, Circles of Hell, 
by Dante mm. is the first part of the Divine Comedy. Mm. Okay, and and uh, and for the uh, you mentioned everything is written as a poet. Uh, yeah, poems. And is it like uh, as, like different sections or how is the how is it uh, like constructed? I don't know. I, I'm really not mm -hmm. a poem, your question. poem reader myself, so. Each uh, chapter is called a canto. Yeah. And each canto more or less represents one circle. Mm -hmm. So each chapter is one circle of hell. Okay. And so you have the first circle, the limbo, and then all the, the next circles are a place where one of the, the, the sins that the souls have committed is being punished, which you have lust, gluttony, greed, mm. wrath, mm. heresy, violence, fraud, and in the ninth circle, treachery. Oh, treachery. Mm. And I, I really felt like this. If imagine yourself, you're in the 15th century, you're peasants, mm. you have no education. The only thing you know about is the, the feudal system in which you're living. Yeah. And then the only thing you you hear about is your priest uh, reading you this text yeah. every Sunday of how horrible it will be if you go out of the um, the religious path, how much you're gonna be damned for eternity. Like everyone in their right man will make the the Pascal bet and being like, I'm gonna believe just in case because yeah. like eternal damnation that's too much to to risk. True. And even from what I remember from the Moors uh, talk is that. Uh, in those type of societies where like priests have a very high status so you yes, roll, that's true. you listen to what he has to say his wisdom and his yeah because i guess a lot of people would have maybe believed back in those days in the 14th or 15th century that uh, what the priest says is kind of yeah how the truth is or how i don't know how to portray it or You don't even think of uh, like uh, questioning him, maybe I don't know. Questioning him exactly because he is the voice of reason. He's the educated one. You probably have a higher level of speech than the people around him. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I, I imagine you're these peasants. You you hear these texts that are quite uh, scary. Mm -hmm. You have people, for example, in some of the circles that are uh, crying nonstop and they they are. Tears are freezing, making them having like ice linking them to the ground. <laughs> Or you, you have one of the examples is the for the sorcerers and fortune tellers. Mm -hmm. The punishment they have is their head is uh, backwards, Oy. so they can only see their back, mm. and so they they have to walk, but they cannot see in front because they try to do it in their life. So it's always like this. It's always a punishment that represents what you've done on mm. on earth. Thank you. I'm just thinking about these punishments now. Like, uh, mm -hmm. is it not like a way maybe also for for uh, maybe like an ideology or religion to scare people, to make them frightened and to say like, yeah, if you don't do this, then that will happen. So exactly. And uh, you have a good life. <laughs> But that's, that's, I think with this kind of uh, propaganda and uh, mind pressure, That was the way religion was such a good control tool to keep uh, the population uh, steady for so long. Mm -hmm. So now it's, it's easy for, the, for us because we have um, a way to look somewhere else. We have internet, we have education, we have uh, oh. so much stuff that allows us to free our mind and to, Or travel around. to have a critica, critica, critical mind, yeah. a bit more at least. Yeah, 
I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and, that's what we hope, yeah. and that's why we're reading books as well, I guess. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, even then, I don't know. I was for me. Uh, I actually have no any background in religion. And neither do I really, uh, apart from uh, was, that last book. <laughs> it is still quite interesting to know more about it because a lot of our uh, values, our culture values, are kind of embedded in the, our Christianity religion. So, yeah, I agree. So I guess if, and a lot of stuff is referred to it as well in our daily lives, how we live here. In, well, in Sweden, it's a little bit different now, but uh, like in Holland still, it's, yeah. But because in Sweden they're very Protestants, mm-hmm. so there's a different form of Christianity. How they practice it is more. Uh, so how I understand it's more loose, uh, more less strict-ish, or I don't know than the Catholicism. Yeah, yeah, like the religion has become uh, less and less strict over people's life uh, in modern uh, modern world. This goes without saying. Should uh, should maybe uh, ask one one day and um, a priest coming in in our podcast. Uh, but we almost had one. Almost, yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> I think to them more again. But yeah, so this was a very good way to pressure the people. Even I got uh, a bit scared at some point uh, during this uh, terrible poem, mm. thinking that I could be uh, boiled for eternity uh, with my body stuck in a boiling blood Mm. that doesn't sound so nice or like the people that uh, committed suicide which is seen as a sin Mm -hmm. uh, they were turned into trees so you have a forest of them and on top of them you have harpies some kind of bird woman that are using their claw to take away their their birch all all the time constantly But why uh, why is suicide uh, seen as a sin? Um, because you're taking away the gift of God, I guess the the life that He gave to you. You you're spitting on His gift, hmm. and you do not spit on the gifts of God. He doesn't like it. He's merciful, but uh, hmm. you you better not uh, make him angry. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So that, that's uh, a a big thing. Uh, in this book, I recommend reading it if one is motivated to go through something uh, a bit complex. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we had some discussion with Sender about like, uh, is it worth it to read classic books? Oh yeah, yes. All right. And uh, this is definitely a classic. And nowadays, I've been very like uh, feeling the first for reading classic books that are a bit tougher to read. Mm. I know, Sander, you've been going through the book of uh, Nelson Mandela that you describe as not so easy to read. Well, it, it, I'm not even sure the Nelson Mandela book isn't classic, but... Uh, no, 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 but, not a classic, but just in a way more complex. Yeah, sorry. But, <laughs> uh, it, it was... For me, I, liked, I wanted to understand the book better or to understand better the South Africa. And, but, and I found a book mm, after a while a little bit uh, it dragged along it was like almost like 800 or 900 pages it could have been so, uh, sorted down uh, shorted down to 400 for me that was the main thing. <laughs> you, you shortened his life like halfway <laughs> yeah yeah. but uh, maybe I need to that's not very nice maybe I should, I should reread it again because it was one of the first books I started reading 
during uh, do, yeah during my start startup period of of reading books again. So, but uh, classics, mm. I I I have a very for me personally reading classics. Yeah, it's a, a, a taste, a, a matter of taste. I would say. We know some people that will only read classics, yeah, <laughs> and that are very proud about it. But I, I'm not sure because usually classics are very tough to read, like very usually old, uh, old la language use or terminology use, which we won't use anymore in our daily lives. But maybe like hundred years ago, yeah. But maybe not even. Maybe it's always have been a high level of language. True. True, very, very academic, academic, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think you have to, you have to mixture it. For me personally, once in a while, it's nice to read a classic, and then you read normal literature. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. Too, yeah. I think it's nice to have the, both the more easy to read at times, and sometimes a bit more like grey literature. Yeah. You could call it, although grey literature is usually like uh, scientific papers. But it's good to to challenge yourself a bit to to train again. Yeah. It's like when you've been training for some time, something uh, sportive, and then you can like take it a bit easier after you've done the competition. But then at some point you have to stand. If you want to keep on improving, you have to go hard yeah. once again. Yeah. For example, the book I was reading about uh, about the First World War. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a what was it? <laughs> oy, oy, oy. It was a, one massive dissertation. But. Uh, Well, that was fun for me to read, uh, but after a while, very dense. <laughs> so it's not everyone's read. So, yeah. That, but uh, I'm happy you did read it uh, <laughs> for our listeners. Yeah. And even though this book was um, a bit hard, it was not extremely long, so it was very really okay to, to read that. Mm. And it made me more interested to read the entire Divine Comedy. Mm. To... Uh, be able to once i go out i got out of hell just recently <laughs> so now it's time for me to go to the purgatory and then hopefully to reach uh, heaven nice. <laughs> that would be nice oh, but i would like to continue just a bit on this idea of uh, complex uh, readings because uh i was listening to a podcast uh, speaking about this uh, complexity in uh, in books and even a movie i saw yesterday that is called uh, The Woman from My Brother. Mm -hmm. That is a, not at all a complex movie, but it uh, speaks about a woman that just had a PhD in uh, political literature. Mm -hmm. And so she knows very much about how to read authors. And at some point they had this discussion where she says she really liked Foucault, yeah. which is a, an author, yes. but she just finds him extremely hard to read. So she doesn't like the way it's... Um, It's written, she doesn't like to read him, but she really likes what he writes. And I, I think it's really not so often that me personally in my life, I make the extra step, the extra effort to read uh, something that is a bit hard, that I will have struggled uh, reading through, but then I will gain really some part of uh, knowledge from what he has written because it was some, some pure piece of knowledge. What? Did I mess? Did, was I clear yeah. or was I, some, was I complex to understand? <laughs> so what I understand from you saying that you tend to read books which are normal to read for you without maybe uh, taking an extra step for it. 
Yeah. yeah. And now I'm more ready to read some extra classics and a complicated book. Well, but but in basic essence, is it also a little bit how our brain works? We like uh, we, we want to we're lazy. Yeah, easy not easy solution, but the path of less resistance. <laughs> that sounds like a, a military strategy. <laughs> Very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> the path of less resistance is directly to the heart. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> it's true that our brain likes to do that. And the same person that was uh, speaking about this complexity in reading mm -hmm. was presented reading as the um, anti-scrolling. Anti-scrolling? Scrolling, yeah. And on the phone? Do you get what I mean by that? You mean uh, scrolling uh, on your phone down on Facebook? or Exactly. Yeah. And which way uh, does he mean that uh, way? Uh, he means that uh, when you're scrolling, you're constantly being triggered but having like very little interaction or very little uh, reflection mm. you have like always a bit but it's always is just a bit it's never like a big reflection intense uh, deep reflection mm. while when you read he thinks it's kind of the opposite in a way that everything else is stopping mm -hmm. it's when you read you have to sit down and read what you're reading otherwise just like putting your eyes on the the letters <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing as well. With reading, it requires a little bit more attention and focus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think as well, when you use a lot of uh, social media, like uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, it's only about quickness. Like, uh, it's just like five minutes and then you put it away. And or and yeah, but you, what you mentioned is just a few sentences, uh, put post on it, and that's what you read. And that doesn't mm -hmm. require the depth of what you have usually in books, the multiple layers, multiple, yeah. So I think as well, uh, reading up on different types of yeah, books or like the classics can give you uh, another perspectives. You can get an impression of other perspectives or ideas. Yeah. You definitely can. I'm very curious nowadays since I heard that uh, woman actually oh. speaking about complexity in reading and the anti-scrolling. <laughs> if you are someone that has been reading a good amount during your whole life in a regular manner and it always adds something to you, like all these extra blocks of knowledge you've gained from all the books you've been reading yep. Oh, and all the experience you've mixed them in life because you shouldn't stay only theoretical, I think, to have like really good understanding. Good to mix it with some life experience. Yep. Why not through traveling? That's a good way for us Europeans to do it. Like how how far can you go in reflection uh, about life? Like how how far will I be compared to this person that have been a, a much more serious reader? I mean, you see what I mean. But that's not too, I've, yeah, but I'm, yeah, but you cannot really get an answer to that, right? Well, maybe if I meet someone like this, I could see it with my own eyes. Well, maybe you I can feel it uh, the way how he or she is uh, talking mm -hmm. or uh, reflecting or taking multiple angles to a problem. I don't know. Yeah, what would be the, the characteristic of uh, such an Wisdom? educated person? I don't know. 
funny that uh, I don't put us in this, uh, <laughs> no, <we laughs> in this category at all, although we are having a podcast about books. <laughs> so we, we should be but, uh, pretty much on this side of the spectrum. But I guess being humble is part of uh, <laughs> being a better person as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, depends on the literature you read, uh, I guess. If you get read books that uh, discuss a lot of other cultures or a lot of other uh, religions, you can better understand the other's person's position. I don't know because you know mm. a little bit more of uh, their background or their situation. Or yeah, it might be just nowadays, but I have a trouble being able to picture where this extra understanding could lead me in life. Why it could uh, how it could influence my interaction with uh, others? Mm. How do you mean? Like when you talk with someone, some str- stranger, or exactly how much of a deeper analysis I will get from this uh, understanding that I got from the books I read, uh, the classic books maybe I read uh, during my previous life, mm. in the previous part of my life. I'm not a Buddhism a Buddhist yet. <laughs> I mean doesn't need to be used for analyzing mm. a person. It can be maybe very helpful to uh, make a relationship with someone easier than in, than without any background knowledge. I don't know. You're speaking about romantic relationships? No, just normal personal relationship, like a French, or friendship or f- kindness or something. I don't know. Yeah. You think... A book will uh, develop kindness and understanding. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, books have been used as, uh, yeah, like you mentioned before, as a propaganda to uh, to make people uh, upset each other. You know, be taking sides and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely can in a very scary way. Yeah. From uh, especially in the book uh, Cycles of Hell from Dante that uh, we spoke a bit about today. I just want to read this uh, sentence what happens when they meet um, actually the devil, mm-hmm. which is uh, stuck in the ice as well with his uh, six bat wings coming out of uh, his back as a gigantic uh, um, malicious creature. He has not enough on two. Yes, what? Yes, six wings. <laughs> I mean, like, when you're the devil, you go all the way. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> um, it's actually because he originally belonged to the angelic order of Seraphim. Mm-hmm. So without uh, me having the right background knowledge, it's apparently some angels that had uh, six wings. Wow. So it's a specific cast of angels. Wow. And he is the betrayer. Good. So what is the sentence he, want, uh, he said? Uh, I just wanted to say like what happens when they see the devil. He has his three face mm-hmm. and what he's doing all day long is chewing on three people with his mouth. Like, nom, nom, nom. He, he chew on them. And this is like the greatest punishment, the, the humans that really have to be there. To see it or to go to experience it? The de- um, these three humans that have been chewed upon yeah. by the devil, they have the ones that have committed the greatest sins from Dante's perspective, because everything in this book and is in the Divine Comedy is Dante's point of view, mm-hmm. very much influenced by the Christianity and religion uh, in that era. Yeah. But it's uh, it's his view. Okay. 
And so in the two first months, you have Marcus Junius Brutus, <laughs> or Marco, for people who know him well, <laughs> and Gaius Cassius Longinus, Oof. which um, are, are there from a Dante perspective because they are involved in the assassination of um, Jules César. Uh -huh. Okay. Julius C. Julius Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he found uh, Caesar's kind of an important person, or why? Why this particular uh, that time period? Well, Caesar was uh, an emperor, so he was uh, he was there that he was there by divine right. It was God who put him as a director of humans first of all, so he don't uh, break uh, God's plan, <laughs> and as well, don't uh, apparently according to some research. Uh, so uh, Caesar as someone that was unifying Italy. Oh. Like a, a peacemaker in a way that he was holding it all together. Yeah, I see. I see. And so when he died, like every, probably a lot of war happened yeah. and uh, a lot of conflict arised. Yeah, but, rose. but I mean, uh, the, the, the Julius Caesar was the time period of uh, the Roman Empire. So that's around... Yeah. Uh, I don't even know which uh, time century he lived in, but I think that's even before Christ, right? Or was it after? Wait a second. Uh, no, um, he was uh, in 44... Oh, yeah, sorry. It was in 44 before the Christ. Yeah, yeah. indeed. So, yeah, I see as well now. It was a, a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what was interesting in, in Dante's view was that hell was something like very like true. It was a place on earth when you can go. It was actually like inside earth for him. Mm -hmm. And so it was not something like uh, spiritual where your soul will go. You don't really know it is. No, no, it's, it's inside of earth. People he knows, his contemporaries have been there. You even have some people that he knows personally, the character, uh, Dante, because uh, their soul is already in hell, but their body is still living on earth. Mm -hmm. But because they've committed a sin, a demon has taken possession of their body okay. and he's making them do bad things. And so their, their soul is already gone, oh, yeah. but it's not them in the body anymore. Okay. Okay. Another way to scare the people, like maybe a demon will possess you. And then you have exorcism. <laughs> and a lot of uh, scary movies. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm not going to watch anyway, so... <laughs> Sender love uh, scary movies. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, Never. But like the f the third guy that is being chewed yeah. by uh, the devil, because you have like these two first guy is uh, Judah. Judah. Judah, the one that um, led to the assassination of the Christ. Oh, okay. That's a good lesson. I didn't know that either. I mean, that you mean during the last meal or close? Yeah, exactly. He was the one that is sitting closest to, to Jesus. Mm -hmm. mm. I... So yeah, that's how the people are getting chewed constantly and forever by a gigantic rager, the devil. From the point Interesting of book. Uh, Dante. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to, um, to get my, my soul uh, in the purgatory and to try to have a chance to go to heaven because right now this was a, a bit heavy. And uh, in the meantime, I'm happy to that I had you here today, Sander. Oh, yeah, that was very informative for me as well uh, about <laughs> new, new terminology from to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I guess I see you again next week. Yep, for our 
it's kind of a little bit special episode again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that's our that's our main. If everyone is special, it's not special anymore. <laughs> okay, thank you everybody for staying with us, and uh, have a nice day. Have a nice day. See you. <laughs> <laughs>